just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. Welcome, everybody. This is the March 2021 monthly market update where we're going to be going over the February real estate statistics in Hawaii. And Dean's going to talk about some stock market stuff, which I'll have my commentary. Hey, everyone. Glad to have, um, glad to be online. I don't know. It's, it's only been a month, but I miss seeing you, Lane. I haven't seen you for a while. This is the month where all the landlords rejoice that it's only 28 <laughs> and all the renters complain that it was a short month. I think it tilted back in the direction of the tenants this month because there was some chilly weather in Texas on the mainland. Uh, hopefully folks didn't have too many burst pipes. I know. I think same thing with over in Kansas City. I think we had one or two frozen pipes for us to... So that's a bummer that you and I live in Texas or Kansas City. But anyway, wanted to jump into things. I think everyone knows you and I, Helene. But yeah, I want to talk about February 2021 real estate statistics. So I'll say it again. You heard it here first for February. In two days, the Honolulu Board of Realtors is going to come out with new numbers for February. And so we're going to be breaking a new all-time median single-family home price at nine hundred thousand dollars. It may be off by a maybe a thousand or two thousand off, but I believe we're going to be at a new high. The previous high was last month, uh, January, at eight hundred eighty-three thousand. Exciting times if you're a seller in Hawaii with a single-family home. Condo townhouses not nearly as exciting, but still stable at four hundred fifty-five thousand for the single for the median price. And again, you hear here first. I, I like this picture. Do you remember Miss Marty McFly finding the almanac? Of course, I did. And I'm not claiming to to know the future. This is just from our InfoSparks site that I'm sure the information is coming from the same source, but it will be at 900000 for a single family. So it'll, it'll probably be a big deal because breaking nine hundred, we're, we're getting close to a million, not really close, but 900 that's a pretty big number for median family, right? So in seeing those numbers, I wouldn't claim that this is my bright idea, but just potential strategy for an investor or a single family homeowner on Oahu who is flexible in where they live and not tied into where they live could potentially think of this as a game strategy where if you live in a single family home, you can take advantage of it being such a hot market and having such low inventory that maybe think about selling your single family home and downsizing to a condo in downtown, you know, in Kaka'ako or something where the premiums aren't as high these days compared to the single families. It's still a seller's market for condos and townhouses, but yeah, single family is, it's such a hot commodity. It's So this just popped into my head. Or And even for people buying out there and fighting these multi-offer situations, maybe rethink things and maybe look for, towards the, the townhouses as a potential option, right? Now it's all anecdotes, but are you yeah. seeing any out-of-state people come in? That's one of the trends, right? People nope. from the mainland, from the Bay Area, who don't need to work in the city or in the 
physically there yep. are choosing to come out to a much more quieter lifestyle such as Hawaii. Yep. And I think we might have mentioned it a, a few weeks, episodes ago where I think there was an article in the papers stating that was a case with Californians coming here. And we talked about that too. Also, besides those specific states, there's also the military that we always continue bringing up. Some of my clients are calling me and getting or referrals are saying they got their orders and they're out in summer. They're preparing for that. There's also that, yeah, the military transitioning, moving from here to there. So that's also causing some inventory to pop up as well as demand, yeah, as people are planning to come here. So this median home price trends, I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more on the previous slide where you see this this bump up at the tail end of the, the single family in blue. So I guess my point is taking advantage of that bump up in the, the single family homes. And if you tap into that premium or that extra equity, if you will, to go in now buy a condo, which again, is still a seller's market, but it's not as hot. So I don't know, just a random thought that I had. And even in talking to investors or buyers who are losing out in these offers because they don't have an all cash offer or maybe their VA loan is not as attractive or they don't have enough for a, a large appraisal clause or whatnot, then some strategies that I also are telling my buyers is if you're in the market for a $900,000 property, maybe you should be looking at price homes that are being listed at 850 or 830, knowing in mind that you're going to be making offers 50,000 over the asking price. But Gene, you're a realtor. Don't you get paid when people buy houses? Why would you say such a thing? Hey, I'm thinking out for my client. Come on now. You're thinking out for your client. That's our job. That I'm their agent and I'm thinking what's in their best interest. So just talking out loud here. And like I said, Lane, we're, we're trying to provide added value for our clients. We're not just trying to close on one deal, right? We're in for the long haul. All your relationships are that, like that too, I'm assuming. I just don't want them to come and slash my tires on my car. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's the challenge too, is you're recommending to someone that you're going to have to offer this much over just to be considered in the top three of the 15 offers. And it, it may or may not appraise out because the appraisals don't take into account the trend and they're looking at things that closed 30 days ago, which is below what the true market is, but that's our challenge. So anyway, more slides, looking at the numbers again, closed sale trends. It was interesting or good maybe to see at least condos pump, bumping up. Single families went down to 253 in February. Next slide lane, I wanted to talk about new listings. So this is not a good sign for the buyer's clients because we want new inventory. And the reason why we're in this current situation is because not much inventory is popping up. So to see it go down, it's a bummer. It is what it is. And that's partly why we like to show you the numbers. The next slide is even worse, which shows months inventory. So again, condos, you can see both of them are just going down. Would-be sellers are holding on, I think. And it, it, it could be because of the situation. And I hear a few of my clients as well as fellow agents, clients are like, yeah, we're not ready. We don't want to risk things. Or the other thing is if I sell where I'm going to buy. So a lot of tough situations. Now we're getting into the spring, summer 
months, which seasonally is typically a lot more activity, a lot more inventory popping up. So we shall see how that works. Yeah. This is one of the few slides that was a kind of a positive thing where we're actually seeing an uptick in pending sales trends. So that's a good thing from the standpoint of overall, we want to see a decent volume to show a healthy real estate market. And I thought this was interesting. I, Lane, I don't know about you, but I, I haven't been watching the markets much recently, but I did get a call from my financial advisor the other day. So usually when I get a call from them, that means the market had like a slight correction because he's telling me, okay, let's put some money in. It seems to be pretty volatile in the last few weeks. Huh? Is, that, is that what you've heard too? Is this from today? This is today. Yeah, yeah this is today's on. I yeah, watch it. Yeah. I, I look at it every day. I don't care, but I always want to be relevant because everybody else pays attention to it. But it's been on a tear though the last two couple of weeks. Yeah. So great for the day traders, right? They just pump more money into the system this past week, right? Yeah. You want to know something funny? I asked my wife. I, I went on this little rant like how they did it like a fourth or fifth stimulus or even I don't know what it is fourth or fifth, mm -hmm. and then she's oh I thought that only did two. And I'm like, just because you got two stimulus checks doesn't mean there was only two stimulus. Right, right. You know, I think that's how most people think anyway. But yeah, but people don't realize they pumped in for probably going to be five, six trillion dollars later on this year, I think. So my dilemma is my, my wife, she is telling me, uh, what should we do with our cash that's uh, building up a little bit? Because she doesn't want to buy any real estate right now, whether it be single family or syndication. She wants to stay away from the, the real estate for now. I'll tell you what most people do with their stimulus checks. They buy boats and trucks. The boat storage <laughs> project oh, today. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah, boats. I, I think people want to do the staycations and they want to vacation more distance to other people. They don't want to go to the big resorts and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Oh, congratulations. So you closed on something today? No, just LP deal. Oh, you put yeah. something in. Ah. Yeah, deal. Both storage deal. I'm still waiting for my checks for my solo 401k and then I'll have checkbook access and I'm going to need to ping you in order to throw some stuff. Yeah, but that's what the boat stuff and cars have been on a tear. What do people have money to spend on? They splurge on that type of stuff, especially on the <laughs> lower end of the the economic spectrum. A lot of the military guys, once they come back from overseas, they're getting pretty big checks, right? From when, is it the hazard pay or what do you call that? And a lot of times they, they buy the new Harley or the Charger. The saying of the drunken sailor. So this month, I wanted to change things up a little bit. March is Appliance Appreciation Month. I totally made it up. That's that's not true. I just made it up. Sound, sounded good. Actually, what happened was, I think I got an email from one of my inspectors. And I, I don't think it was a local one from Oahu. It was one of the inspectors we use regularly on the mainland. And so they had emailed me about refrigerator tips for saving energy and food safety. So there were 57 of them. They're pretty interesting. So I read through them. And... I just decided to pick the top three and because I thought it was interesting and there's some truth to it. We take our appliances for granted until they break or we might even get sick from some of the things that are we're doing that we don't even know. So did you know, Lane, that, that air circulates between the both the refrigerator and the freezer compartments? Did you know that? No. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my wife chopped up a whole bunch of garlic, real fine minced up and we didn't have a airtight container so she put it in like a ziploc bag and she put it in the refrigerator i opened up the freezer and i could just smell the garlic is so strong and i was like oh and but anyway that's just corroborates the whole fact right so point is there's the orders from your leftovers and spoiled produce can make its way up into the freezer 
to your ice cubes and your ice cream and make it taste bad. So it's definitely a good point to wipe up your spills and toss out um, old stuff. Yeah. Another good point that I read was I like this one a lot because it's actually uh, me being frugal and stuff, saving energy. So if you're trying to defrost frozen fruits, take them out and instead of just leaving it out for a few hours, put them down in your refrigerator for a few days and that'll defrost it slowly and safely. And at the same time, it'll cool off the refrigerator so it won't have to work as hard. And you actually save money on the electricity side. And then the third one, which I never even thought of, but I do see this. I do see cracked door gaskets on a few of the listings that I have. So one way to keep those gaskets from getting brittle and cracking is to, on a monthly basis, get a teaspoon of baking soda and um, you dissolve it in some warm water and you actually wipe the gaskets down and that keeps them soft and pliable and, and it will keep them from cracking so that you don't lose that seal. Yeah. So some tips to have for our appliances. And again, I just made that up. It's not appliance appreciation month. So I just made it up for fun. You can make up anything and people might buy on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a podcast. But, but we do I, now. This you, is on a podcast one. Yeah. Full transparency. I just, that's not it. Unless we make it, the brothers March is Appliance Appreciation Month, but we won't get anything from that. Yeah. Unless you can get an affiliation with Best Buy, Link. No. no, okay, okay, we'll pass on that then. Then another, I've been having this problem with, and don't get me wrong, guys, I, I love cats. I, I'm not an anti-cat person. I actually appreciate cats a lot. But we had a few neighborhood cats that in the last few months have been pooping in our yard. So I had to go look up how to stop this because it's not fun to pick up just poop on the grass and they always poop in the same place anyway but anyway so i i decided to look up how to stop neighborhood cats from pooping and i found this one site that had six ways to do that and, and i actually tried one but just wanted to share that with our viewers because you might be in that situation so cats have a really strong uh, sense of smells so creating an odor repellent is really good so they don't care for lavender peppermint cinnamon so if you mix any one of those with water you can spray that around the your yard or garden and that's a, a cost-effective and non-toxic way it is short term though you have to do that kind of often citrus peels i've tried that i chopped up oranges peels and i've spread that around i did that last week and so far i haven't seen any issues so far i haven't had any down payments made if you want to go with the other alternative you can pay a little bit of more money and get a motion activated sprinkler that turns on every time it detects motion and because cats hate getting sprayed that might make a good youtube video to do there's also these sound motion detectors that put out emit a high pitched sound that cats don't care for that's an option another way is you can get twigs or eggshells and holly cuttings, you can put it on the, the underfooting and cats don't like to step on that because their paws, they don't like that. And then there's also another way you can get bananas. So similar to the, the lavender, peppermint, or cinnamon, you chop up bananas and you spread that. And apparently cats don't care for that too. But I tried number two, the citrus peels, and it's in working. You got to chop it up real fine though. It doesn't, doesn't unsightly on, on the nice green grass. But yeah. Let, let me know if you guys try any one of those. So for me, citrus does work. Let Dean know what works before he buys a pellet gun or something. That was actually one of my top two choices, but I got overridden by my wife. She said that's not a very nice thing. And like I said, I, I do like cats. It's just these guys are coming in and... Oh, the other thing too is at night sometimes, I guess they're wild cats, but they're 
doing something and they're making all these morning sounds like late at night and that keeps us up. So that's not a Oh, I had that too. It looks yeah. like evening adult noises. Correct, yeah. correct. And I'm assuming that's it's a similar type of activity. Yeah. Yeah, no, we had that too. And so did you guys do anything? No, no, that was a new... Oh, so you just moved? Yeah, we just moved out. That was a solution. But <laughs> I do remember in Milani, we had a lot of cats, and we did try that stuff you were talking about, the sprays. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but I was pretty close to getting my bat out there because I had a bunny, and the cats would hurt my bunny. I wasn't oh. going to let that happen. Scratch them and try to get into the cage? Yeah. Wow. I was a child, so I wasn't allowed to have a pellet gun. But luckily, there's no cats around. And I, I, I don't have a bunny anymore. Those pellet guns, and if... As long as you don't pump it up 10 times, I don't think you'll injure it. You know, I think if it's like a one-pump thing or if it's the air ones, it'll deter them. I don't think it'll harm them. You know? Yeah. But Pretty I think dumb. they don't learn. They're, so they're it's more a little inhumane because you, I don't know. I don't know. We'll leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into some more mainland and national news. If you haven't checked out my podcast, please do. But we'll start off with a little Investor 101 here. So... People always ask, is it a good time to buy now? Seems like things are really high. But this is how real investors invest. They're investing in cash flowing deals where there's a cap rate, right? In this case, the average right now is 5.8%. And they borrow money at a lower rate. The 10-year treasury rate here is modeled. But the, the what you borrow at with the bank's price and their margin is usually a little higher. But nevertheless, there's usually a, a gap between cap rate of your asset that you're buying and the rate that you're borrowing the money. And then of course you use leverage, all paid investors use prudent leverage to magnify the spread, which is the returns. So as you can see right now, actually now is a really good time to be investing because what I'm looking at is the delta between the interest rates and the cap rates. So times when it probably wasn't the best time to invest were maybe in mid-2018. You can see the, the squeeze there. And then in 2006, 2007, squeeze there. But uh, yeah, based yeah. on this, it's actually a good time to be investing. Of course, you want to be going into things that actually make you money as opposed to just appreciation, unless that is your strategy. And that, that delta excludes, doesn't even consider the tax benefits nor the potential like you said if appreciation does come then that's all gravy on top of the delta this is just modeling from a cash flow perspective yeah, yeah. so few things that people haven't been following the interest rates have been ticking up a little bit this first part of the year uh, we've been using 3.5 percent as a placeholder which was it was a little higher than our 3.2 percent we got on our last deal i think late last year so as you can see it's uptick a little bit, be a quarter point. I don't know. What are your homeowners getting these days? Oh, I just talked to one homeowner and they said it was under three with no points, but I like this site called mortgagenewsdaily.com and that one's to me pretty accurate. So that's telling me about 3.2 seems for a conventional 30 year AMR. January 4th, the 10 year treasury was at 0.93. One month later or five weeks later, it was up to 1.19. So you can see with the 10-year treasury notes moving, and that ultimately is pretty correlated to what y'all are going to pay for interest rates. Uh, what's going on? What's driving these changes? With Democrats now control the House of Representatives and the Senate and the White House, everybody knows, including the Wall Street, knows that there's going to be a lot of government fiscal stimulus happening. It's quite frankly, the Democrats spend more money. And this is especially true, or this went really 
went full throw with won the government, the Georgia Senate runoff. Forget when that was. Seemed like a long time ago. But what does it mean for investors? Ultimately, more government spending ultimately lands in investors' pockets as it passes through society. I'm thinking that good things are very short in the future. This is a Fannie Mae report from the other one, January. They're estimating that GDP growth, which normally is you peg at 2 to 3% these days. Jim Rickards in his new Great Depression, he's saying it's going to be more like 1% to 2% average. It's not really the depression in my opinion, but he needs to sell books. It's part of his passive cash flow stream, selling books and scaring people. But anyway, 2021 Q2, Fannie Mae is looking like it's 4.8, Q3 7.5, and 6.1 Q4. So this is why, Dean, like I'm thinking there's going to be a lot more stimulus because this is going to be happening and spending here too. Oh, and then that hopefully that means inflation, right? All right. So I think logically, <laughs> I think that inflation is coming. And therefore, if I believe that I'm going to go buy commodities such as gold, but I don't like gold personally. I would rather buy commodities like real estate, hard assets that cash flow to that, but gold doesn't. But you know, I, I also follow this Richard Duncan guy who says basically that we've decoupled off the gold system. America can just print money like nothing. And we don't necessarily, inflation isn't necessarily going to be coming. If he's right or wrong, I don't care. I mean, stuff and commodities and hard assets. Yeah, uh, and like le- levered real estate investors would love inflation because that just means our loans are worth less and our properties are gonna uh, appreciate. So right. it goes both ways. It's like a, having your cake and eat it too. Yeah, have my cake and eat it too. That's the H M whatever the acronym is. That's one of those law. Trust, irrevocable trust that a lot of the super lawyers like to use to have your cake and eat it to trust, they call it. But yeah, I think the only thing you don't want to do is just pay off your house and have equity in there. Uh, I think Dave Ramsey would want you to do that though, huh? Yeah, but he's talking to the guys who are irresponsible with their money. That's, yeah. that's what you have to tell them. I mean, and know, he also got burned too, I think, right? With When he was over levered, is my understanding. And it's hard to because it's safe to say, like, I, I admit it, I'm relatively young compared to him and I haven't gone through as many cycles as others. So I can see from their standpoint where you don't want to be over levered. And but I, I think there's a balance where you can still be have smart leverage. But anyway, that's for another. Yeah, lever, but cash flowing. But I yeah. think he does a good job. His job is to educate the masses who are really bad with spending their money. That's true. Without control. See, he has to polarize. Yeah. The, the type of clients he, he has, or his avatar, you're not going to go out and say, yeah, go get a HELOC and invest in real estate. Yeah. yeah. You tell your two kids different things because they're different ages. Yep. Same thing. Yeah, Somebody is an adult doesn't mean that they're mature financially. So just going over some quick headlines, Facebook plans the expansion in Huntsville Data Center project. Price could top $1 billion. So expansion out there. Here's a little diagram of how they've been modeling the cases for COVID. I was going to be careful how we talk about COVID, right? But with the, now the Johnson thing coming out, and you can see how the model had been changing. January is the black one. The blue is February. And then as February progress, the projections are coming down. Um, I don't want to take that Johnson and Johnson. It's, just, it's only one shot, right? It's a double shot, man. Oh, it's one, one time two shots? 
that's how I think about it. Oh, I guess so from that standpoint. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. But either way, I think I'd rather go. If I had my choice, I think Pfizer would be the first. No comment. So here's the van line report. So the van line report is very similar to the U-Haul report. But the U-Haul report is more for blue-collar folks moving themselves or the cheapos, guys still in college or just out of college, guys like that, where the van lines are more the white-collar workers. These are the guys who are working professionals and they had to get shipped out. So the company will usually pay for them on a white-glove van line treatment. So where are they moving out in this order? New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Connecticut, California, Kansas, North Dakota, Massachusetts, Ohio, and Maryland. So where are they moving into? Idaho, South Carolina, Oregon, South Dakota, Arizona, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Arkansas. And so if I was to follow your van line or your UCAL reports that you put out, my rental in Chicago is, we have to give like three months notice or something, depending on how long they've been. Did you unload that, man? Yeah, that's exactly where I thought you were going to say. No, so the interesting thing is rents have gone down, but it's still a hot on the sales side. My other 50% stakeholder in the, the property that one has historically cash flowed pretty, pretty well for us, but I'm thinking I need to say, let's pull the trigger on it. And like you said, duh, you put our cash flow because you have so much equity. It wasn't a big purchase and, and it was a short sale. We bought that one a yeah. short sale. What is your taxes on that thing? Has the taxes gone up? So in Illinois, one thing is good is like you said, real property taxes tend to be high, but there's an appeal process where if you pay an attorney and you're actively appeal, there's a chance for you to lower your taxes. So the association that I jumped into is good at that. So our, our property taxes aren't too bad. But to your point, there's still, I think it's 3000 which is high. Yeah. yeah but, but that's the danger I think that's coming is they might say you owe 20%. You take your, your appraisal price or whatever that market evaluation. And they're like, all right, this year you're going to pay 20% of that. But next year it's 30%. Whether your appraised value or your market value is, you know, what even if you can bring it down, either way, it might jump up on you. Yeah. To your point, yeah, even it, it could happen anywhere. And even here in Hawaii, the the state was trying to change the laws where the state would be able to tax real estate. I thought that was, oh, okay, we won't even go there. But anyway. But the problem with Chicago is that state's going under, right? I know. I think that's the one state that's the worst in the whole country is that I but hawaii too we're having that issue because with tourism being our biggest industry they're having a problem balancing the budget right so you, did you hear they even try they were trying to do gambling legalize gambling too i was like wow and i think the taxes would be like close to 50 percent of the revenue i was like wow that's pretty crazy but anyway yeah they'll probably just like screw the teachers over like that. Hey, you're a stakeholder in that one, dude. Yeah, my wife's a teacher. And I am too, because my kids are in the public school system. So that affects them too. Anyway, we have no impact on that. So let's move on. <laughs> Fannie, Freddie Mac flags robust growth in the South and West with metro areas in Texas and Florida saw the largest population increases. Once again, Dallas, Houston, Austin by a total of $2.8 million. $8 million. No surprise. Yeah. Here's a Hawaii one. Howard Hughes, the big home builder group. Actually, they focus more on like high rises in Hawaii, but they also do these master plan communities on the mainland. Theirs is going in on Las Vegas. I think Summerlin. Oh, where's Summerlin? Northwest of Northwest. The okay, yeah. and then what's the, Henderson is southeast. South. Right? Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, 
Okay. But yeah, the northwest I feel is the nicer side, but then I think this is out further out to the northwest where you're gonna have more the mid tier houses, and that's yeah. what they're building out there in Summerland. Texas is another huge development. Columbia, Maryland, and Honolulu. We're getting Victoria Place, which is the seventh residential tower in Ward Village, in the heart of Honolulu. Nobody listening here can. How much is it going to be for that stuff? I'm not sure, actually. I, I don't think it's going to be like Park Lane, though. It's not going to be that oh, crazy. Okay. And we're having some challenges these days, too, with Inventor and Kakako, too. So it's a shell game with this stuff. They just put it up and nobody buys it, but then they need to keep the prices high. At least that's how I look at it. Who's buying this stuff? Just And, and the challenge is with these huge developments is these big high-rises, they don't make their profits until they sell that last... Five ten percent. That developers fee. I know all yeah. about it. Yeah. So that's the challenge. But Sanzel is right. So like Warren Buffett, number two. Yeah. Uh, I follow Sanzel much more than Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett will just buy like companies, whereas Sanzel targets sectors, right? So he's actually a guy you can actually follow. But he expects rebound for office hospitality and big city multifamily. Uh, he says I wouldn't write off the lodging sector. He wouldn't say that. Women speak in pigeon. Says, I think we're going to go back to conventions, back to people creating relationships. I don't see that changing, although it will restart slowly. There's also a huge built up of tourism. Though. People have been locked up for almost a year. Yep, I'm feeling that pent up demand. I'm I'm ready to go, man. Oh, you're gonna go crazy with the yeah. cats chopping up <laughs> orange. Peas. We got nothing to do. We gotta get. <laughs> going right, so here are the <laughs> probably no joke there i got a lot of worms oh you're a lot of verma casting singing. yeah cool. i got no plants but i got a lot of worms you can sell yeah. that i think yeah so this is the great recession model on a graph and it compares it to what was going on with the great recession.com in 1998 recession to me i don't really consider this a recession this is a health crisis that kind of freaked people out for six 12 months and then recovery is already underway Look at the un unemployment here on the left-hand side. We're already under five percent, wow. and it took for the other three recessions, it took them seventy plus months to even get close to where we are right now. That's very promising, though. That the unemployment line. Yeah. Here's some trends. Boom burns are happening in 2021. Suburban apartments were the biggest beneficiaries of 2020, with renters looking for space. So examples of that would be Austin, Tampa, and Phoenix, uh, brain towns, which are tertiary college towns as students return to campus, and Arbor, Boulder, Madison. These are like more tertiary markets. Later on, maybe next year, they're saying the bounce back to urban markets, but Boston, DC, New York, Miami. You know what I think? If you want to gamble with your money, Dean, I think we should hmm. buy like a, a apartment in New York, a condo in New York. Probably won't cash flow, but and then the last one is that the endo markets are hit historically stable and steady. We forecast some bumps in the near term, but opportunities longer term. So places like Minneapolis, hey, you're Kansas City and boring Kansas City. That's a really like boring place. Yeah, we're trying to do some renovations for a couple of my properties, and some of the renovation crews got COVID. This was about a month ago, though. But I think the cases were going up over there. Uh, a month or two ago, so it's getting bad. But overall, I think my tenants have been timely on paying, so it hasn't been an issue on that front. Uh, rents due. Yep. Short month this month. Here's a quick map of the population change this past 12 months. People moving out of Hawaii. Not as much as California. Oh, no. 
actually a lot more than California, right? Yeah. yeah. We're getting the heck out of Hawaii. Here's a snapshot of the Rockefeller Family Office Report, what they are investing in. And I don't know, it's good for folks to take note of what they are investing in and how they're looking to change their investing philosophy. Some of the big deltas here are they are going to drastically decrease the U.S. long-term treasuries. They're going to slightly decrease U.S. high-yield corporate. They're also going to decrease the U.S. large cap equities. So that's their stocks right there. Uh, increased emerging markets. And, but look how like a big percentage of private equity and private real estate. Wow. This is what the pros are doing. Uh, but yeah, people want to join my group. We have the family office on a mastermind, mostly accredited investors there. And if you've been looking to buy your first remote rental at Turnkey Property, we have an incubator. So go passivecastle.com slash incubator to learn more about that. And if you would like to download my complete library of auto trainings, go to simplepassivecastle.com slash turnkey slash download to download all those audio files. All the stuff about turnkey remote rentals that I've forgotten over the years. Let's see. Anything else you got going on, Dean? My volunteer for a not-for-profit and their lease is coming up. We talk about on the commercial spaces, trying to help them see if we assess if we should try to move, see what our needs are currently and if we should maybe try to negotiate a better deal or move to a different size, right size or the space for us. But I'm not a commercial guy, so I'm looking out for um, if anybody out there is, has any good commercial referrals, then hit me up because I'm trying to help them out. Again, I'm, I'm just a volunteer for this not-for-profit, so we're trying to make sure everything is good. So that's what I have on my plate more on the volunteerism side. What am I doing this next month? Hopefully a couple closings and hopefully I can sell another single family home. Hope one of those things. A few? A few. Maybe I'll buy from my single family, my solo 401k when I get my, my checks. Oh, you don't want to do that. These are nowhere near 1% rental value ratio. Oh, is it an appreciation plan? Or just they, because yeah, they, they appreciate it like crazy. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but luck. If it's not hard work, it's luck. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next month. Bye. Bye. Free Real Estate Investing Group. Check out reialoha.com. Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, the preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.